On the 31st of October, 1974, Halloween night, the children of Deer Park, Texas, were out knocking on doors. Ronald Clark O'Brien was out watching over his eight-year-old son Timothy, who was dressed as a character from the movie Planet of the Apes, and his five-year-old daughter Elizabeth. Joining them was their neighbour Jim Bates and his two children, Mark and Kimberly Bates. That Halloween night, Ronald decided to take his children around Jim's neighbourhood, as Jim lived in a nicer area, and Ronald believed the trick-or-treating would be better there. As they went from house to house, trick-or-treating in the suburban neighbourhood near their home, they approached a home which had all of its lights off. After knocking on the door a few times with no reply, the kids and Jim grew impatient, so they ran off to another home, leaving Ronald behind, still waiting in case someone did answer the door. He remained behind for about 30 seconds, and a short while later, Ronald caught up with the rest of the group, showing them that the owners of the house had finally answered and had given him five 21-inch pixie sticks. These were tubes of powdered sour candy, and Ronald said that this must be their lucky day, as in his words he said the rich neighbours had given them the expensive treats. Ronald offered to carry the pixie sticks for the children for the rest of the evening, and a short while later it began to rain, so Ronald took his children home. But before heading home, he handed out the pixie sticks, giving two to Jim's children and two to his own, leaving him with one. Later that night, a group of children knocked on Ronald's door, and Ronald offered the children some gum and some sweets, and he then pulled out the last pixie stick from behind his back and said to the kids, Who wants this? The kids in the group exclaimed in excitement, but one of the boys was a ten-year-old named Whitney Parker, and Whitney shouted that he knew Ronald from the church, as Ronald was one of the church leaders. So in the end, Ronald gave Whitney the last pixie stick. Later that night, Ronald's son, Timothy O'Brien, asked his father if he was allowed some candy, and Ronald agreed, saying that he could have one piece of candy. Timothy chose his pixie stick tube, but the powdered sugar was stuck in the straw, and the opening of the pixie stick had been stapled shut, so he had difficulty opening it. And so Ronald helped his son to dislodge the powder, and Timothy took his first mouthful of the powder. Immediately, Timothy complained that the powdered sugar tasted bitter, so his father gave him a glass of Kool-Aid to wash the taste away. Timothy immediately started having stomach pains, and he ran to the bathroom vomiting and convulsing, but less than an hour later, Timothy O'Brien was dead. Bates said O'Brien went to one house where no one appeared to be home, and after the children had scampered ahead to the next house, O'Brien came off the front porch carrying the pixie sticks. He gave the pixie sticks to the children, and later that night, Timothy O'Brien died from eating a poisoned pixie stick. That fateful Halloween night, Ronald had followed his son to the bathroom and had held his son in his arms until Timothy went limp. Ronald then called the emergency phone line, saying that his son had eaten poisoned candy. The ambulance, which was already in the area, arrived within minutes, but sadly, Timothy O'Brien died in his father's arms on the way to the hospital, and he was pronounced dead at 10.30pm. Former Harris County prosecutor, Mike Hinton was working the police intake that night, and he got a call from the Pasadena Police Department, saying that an eight-year-old boy had died after eating some Halloween candy. As the local community was obviously panicked, thinking that a house in their area was giving out poisoned candy, 
Prosecutor Hinton wanted to get the investigation underway, so he called Dr. Joseph, a chief medical examiner of nearby Harris County. Mike Hinton told him the situation, and the doctor asked, what Timothy's breath smelt like? The morgue quickly revealed there was a scent of almonds coming from the boy's mouth, to which the doctor said that this meant Timothy had probably ingested cyanide. An autopsy proved this to be correct, and they confirmed that Timothy O'Brien had consumed enough cyanide to kill two people. Tests later found that the top two inches of the pixie stick had been packed with the poison, and the wrapper of the candy had been opened and poisoned before being resealed with a stapler. Timothy's murder naturally caused uproar in the community, and numerous parents bought their children's Halloween candy to the police in fear that it may also have been poisoned. As Ronald O'Brien informed the police that he had handed out a total of five pixie sticks that night, the police immediately began searching for the remainder of the pixie sticks, telling the community to check their children's candy in case any of them had been given pixie sticks. Police officers managed to recover the remaining three pixie sticks from Elizabeth O'Brien and Jim's children, who luckily had not had a chance to eat them yet. They were still missing one pixie stick, however, the one that had been given to Whitney Parker, and once they managed to track him down, they found Whitney asleep in his bed with a tube of poisoned candy in his arms, luckily unopened. Whitney had not been able to pry open the staples from the pixie stick that night, and when he went downstairs to ask his stepfather to help open it, his stepfather had told him that it was too late and that he should go to bed. The police urgently needed to find the house where Ronald had been given the candy, so they asked him to take him to the neighbourhood and to direct them to the house. Ronald, however, could not find the house. He said that he'd never seen the face of the person responsible and that the person had just emerged from the doorway and handed him the candy and that he had only seen a hairy arm. This seemed incredibly strange to investigators, so they pressed harder and became very firm with Ronald. The tactic worked, and Ronald suddenly seemed to remember the location of the house. A man called Courtney Melvin lived at this house, and when they managed to locate Melvin, Melvin told them that he had not been in his home that night. Melvin worked at Houston's William P. Hobby Airport, and that Halloween night, he had been working until 11pm, and this was later confirmed by his place of work and through his timesheets, so Courtney Melvin was cleared. This meant the police were back to square one, but they knew that Ronald O'Brien was looking more and more suspicious, so they decided to keep a close eye on him, and they monitored his strange behaviour. Timothy O'Brien was buried at Forest Park Lawndale Cemetery in Houston, Texas on the 2nd of November. His father, Ronald, wrote and sang a song about Jesus, and how Timothy would be joining the Lord in heaven. According to friends and family, Ronald had grown agitated when his grieving family wouldn't stay up late to watch a recording of his performance being broadcasted to the television. Prosecutor Mike Hinton said, something strange was going on. A few days after Timothy was buried, an insurance agent called police to report that unknown to his wife, Ronald O'Brien had taken out life insurance policies on his two children, Elizabeth and Timothy, shortly before Halloween. Ronald had called one of the insurers to ask about the payout at 9am the morning after Timothy's death. This led detectives to look further into Ronald, and it turned out that Ronald O'Brien was deep in debt of over $100,000, which in 1974 was a lot of money. 
it turned out he had been boasting to co-workers that his financial situation would soon undergo a remarkable recovery. It turned out that Ronald had also quizzed one of his customers, a chemist, about poisons. He seemed particularly curious about potassium cyanide, and he kept asking where it could be purchased. Investigators also scoured the family home, and here they found Ronald's pocket knife, with traces of plastic and powdered candy stuck to the blade. At Ronald's home, they also found a pair of scissors with plastic residue attached, which was similar to that found on the cyanide-laced pixie sticks. Ronald O'Brien was arrested and taken in for questioning on the 5th of November, which was just three days after his son's funeral. Ronald Clark O'Brien was an optician for Texas State Optical, and he and his wife, Danae, had two children together, Timothy, who was born in 1966, and Elizabeth, who was born in 1969. Ronald was said to be a very average man, and he was also really involved with his Baptist church, and even sang in the choir. At his church, he even became a church leader. In reality, however, Ronald had serious financial problems, and he had a history of fraudulent insurance claims, and he had been accused of stealing from his old workplace. Over the last 10 years, it was said that Ronald had 21 different jobs because he was never able to keep one job. Ronald was struggling to make payments on a number of loans, and his car had been repossessed, and the family home was about to be foreclosed on. Due to his financial difficulties, Ronald O'Brien had subsequently taken life insurance policies on his two children months before Timothy's death. The first one was in January of that year, when he took out $10,000 life insurance policies on each of his children. He then took out another $20,000 policy on each of them, and by mid-October, there was a total of $60,000 worth of coverage on each child. His plan, it seemed, was to fatally poison Timothy and Elizabeth, his two children, in order to collect their life insurance and to help ease his financial woes. He had also planned to give extra pixie sticks to three other children, in an attempt to cover up his tracks. Most of today's testimony came from Jimmy Bates, a close friend of the O'Brien family. Bates said that before Halloween, O'Brien asked if he could bring his children over to trick-or-treat with the Bates children on Halloween night. Both families ate dinner together, and then the fathers took the children trick-or-treating. Ronald's trial started on the 5th of May, 1975, and by this point, he had gained so much national coverage he was now dubbed in the media as the Candyman. Ronald entered a plea of not guilty, and he maintained his innocence during the trial. His defence tried to claim that a sort of boogeyman was the one responsible, and that a sick individual in the neighbourhood was using the cover of Halloween to poison unsuspecting children. The prosecution, on the other hand, brought forward the overwhelming evidence against him, and Ronald's friends, family, co-workers, and even his wife all testified against him. Bates said O'Brien went to one house where no one appeared to be home, and after the children had scampered ahead to the next house, O'Brien came off the front porch carrying the pixie sticks. He gave the pixie sticks to the children, and then later took them back, and said he wanted to stop at his car for a moment. Bates said when O'Brien came back into the Bates house, he returned the pixie sticks to the children. Later that night, Timothy O'Brien died from eating a poisoned pixie stick. People said that Ronald had had an unusual interest in cyanide, and he kept asking where he could purchase some and how much would be needed for a lethal dosage. They also brought up the fact that Ronald had taken a class at Harris County Community College and had asked his teacher how much poison it would take to kill certain types of animals. 
According to testimonies, in August of 1974, Ronalds tried to unsuccessfully obtain cyanide where he worked, and in September, he called a friend who worked at Arco Chemical Company, and the two discussed the varieties and availability of cyanide. Ronalds continued to discuss cyanide amongst his friends and fellow employees at Texas State Optical where he worked. They then brought up a witness that claimed that Ronald had come into his place of work, a chemical outlet in Houston, inquiring about cyanide. When he discovered that the company had cyanide available only in large quantities, Ronald asked a salesperson where he could obtain a smaller amount. Finally, on the 3rd of June 1975, Ronald O'Brien was found guilty of his son's death, as well as four counts of attempted murder, and it took just 46 minutes for a jury to return a guilty verdict. 71 minutes later, it was decided that Ronald O'Brien would be executed by electric chair. Not long after his conviction, his wife, Danae, divorced him. While on death row, it was said that Ronald was despised by his fellow inmates, and they condemned him for killing his own child. Ronald was scheduled to be executed on the 8th of August 1980, but that date ended up being rescheduled to the 25th of May 1982. It then got moved again to the 31st of October 1982, which would have been on the 8th anniversary of Timothy's death. However, this time the Supreme Court got involved in order to give Ronald a chance to appeal his sentence and to try and get a new trial. By this point, the US Supreme Court had ruled that the electric chair was a cruel and unusual punishment, so his life would now be ended with lethal injection. But despite this, a fourth date was finally set, and on the 31st of March, 1984, Ronald O'Brien was scheduled to be executed. Finally, nearly a decade later, on the 31st of March, 1984, just after midnight, Ronald O'Brien was executed by lethal injection. Before his execution, he continued to insist that he was innocent and he asked God for forgiveness. He said, We as human beings do make mistakes and errors. This execution is one of those wrongs. But it doesn't mean the whole system of justice is wrong. Therefore, I forgive all. I do mean all, those who have been involved in my death. If in any of my 39 years I have offended anyone, I hope they forgive me as I forgive them. I also pray and ask God's forgiveness for all of us respectively as human beings. God bless you all and may God's best blessings be always yours. On the night of Ronald's execution, outside the Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsfield, a crowd of around 300 people gathered and one person ended up shouting trick or treat and throwing candy just as the execution happened. That night, some bars and pubs in the area were said to host parties, one of these pubs being called Crackers, and they had planned a Halloween party, saying, we're having this as a kind of celebration because we want to renew the spirit of Halloween the way it should be, because that guy, he just ruined everything. Ronald's ex-wife, Danae, later ended up remarrying, and her daughter, Elizabeth, was later adopted by her new stepfather. Since the events of that Halloween night, Elizabeth and some of the other children, including Whitney Parker, feared Halloween. The actions of Ronald Clark O'Brien ruined Halloween for little kids all over the United States for years. Halloween safety programs were implemented in Pasadena, teaching parents methods for evaluating the safety of door-to-door -door treats by visual inspection. The actions of this man are so hard to believe. 
that he would go as far as poisoning his own son and trying to kill his own daughter, as well as other kids in the community, just for a financial payout. He ruined so many lives, and he ruined Halloween for everyone in the area. As the spooky season approaches, I advise you all to please, please check your kids' Halloween candy and to keep your children safe. And as always, rest in peace, Timothy O'Brien. Thank you.